Are you a creative? I think you are. And that's why you should join my circle community, the Creative Study Lounge. Listen, we all know how social media is right now with all the lying, the bots, the ads, the shadow banning, your posts not getting seen, the requests from people you don't know, the strange activities. Social media is a mess right now. So that's why I decided to create a community just for creatives where we can get down and talk about writing, video games, art, development, things in popular media, whatever we want, or just some nonsense. There's a place for it all. It's at the Creative Study Lounge. And while you're there, you can get the merch, send me questions, comments, ideas, and you can generally support the podcast. Check the links in the description. We'll be adding more as time goes along, but hey, it's a good thing. CreativeStudyLounge.com or check the links in the description. Once again, that's CreativeStudyLounge.com or check the links in the description. And you won't have to listen to this dumb advertisement. Now let's get on with the program. Was Dr. Martin Luther King bold, creative, and action-oriented? The answer to all three of those is yes, yes, and yes. Today, I want to get in and talk with you about uh, a creative figure who's usually not thought of as such. I think civil rights activists kind of puts him in a box a little bit. But today, we're talking about Martin Luther King Jr., and his legacy here as a creative. And the title I've chosen for today is MLK's Bold Creative Action. This is Mr. Benja for Creativity Threads Life, and we're going to get into this one. I'm not as prepared as I would like to be. In fact, it's not even the day we celebrate Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday or uh, his death or his legacy. It's not the day. I was going to do this Monday, but did something else instead. And maybe I didn't have boldness on the mind. Maybe that's why I didn't do it. I didn't have a strong reason. But part of the creative dilemma is getting into politics. And as they say, all art is political. But what does that even mean? What does that even entail? Well, anytime you start with an art, you start with an expression. It's a certain part of you coming out and reacting to the public, reacting with the public conversation, thought process, the public sentiment. Your expression goes up against the public. And the better artist, the stronger artist, the more influential artist are often the bold, creative ones. And I want to put Dr. King here in this category as a bold, creative action taker. Bold, creative action taker. And if you hear me stumble a few times here, it's because, as I said, I wasn't as prepared to do this one as I wanted to, but I wanted to just jump in anyway and go ahead and do it, even though it's not the day, it's not on schedule, it's not on brand for most of what many of you might think of me. It may not even be uh, totally coherent. Um, I'm coming from a lot of thoughts that I have, and I don't know how well my audience is to prepare to hear a lot of this or if they even care. But anyway, the thing I want to thing I want to bring up is that you have to be yourself and be true to your cause. And if your cause really gets big enough, it starts to outgrow you, and it starts to become something outside of you, something bigger than yourself. And you have to be bold with this expression of self. 
And that's why I wanted to include Dr. King today, because this man was bold until the death. Bold creative action was taken many steps along the way. And I'm not here to argue for or against any certain position. I like to keep politics at a fair distance from what I do. I don't shy away from it, but it's not my brand, if that makes any sense. If you have any questions, politically, socially, or otherwise, get at me. You'll probably hear something you don't want to hear. But nevertheless, I'll continue. And let me change this banner here to ask the question, do you think of MLK as a creative? Most people do not. So once again, I want to drop my definition. What is a creative and what does it mean to take such bold creative action? To be a creative, you have to change the environment around you. You have to invest in creating something where there once was nothing. Creating a certain order where there once was chaos. Creating a path where previously there was only obstacle. The creative spirit is the person or the individual or the vibe that does this, that moves you into that new creative space, that moves you into that new future. And it's not an easy or un un unopposed way. It is, in fact, the harder way to do things. People say, why are you doing this and that? There's an easier way to do this. And a lot of times that does not satisfy the creative spirit. If the creative spirit is looking to change the environment, if the creative spirit is looking to create that order, the creative, experience, creative spirit is looking to make that pathway where there are previously only obstacles, then the creative spirit has to be bold, intentional, strong. And yes, as we, as we traditionally say it, I'll use it as an adjective here, the creative has to be creative. So I got started on this because after all this time, I'd seen Dr. King get positioned in people's minds a certain way. And there are many ways. I'm not speaking of one particular way, but some people thought of him as just a civil rights figure. Some people thought of him as just a talker, a marcher, person who rallied people together. Some people have bad things to say about him. Some people have good things. Did his message do what it is intended to do? Is it something that's only taught in February? Are you only going to get little snippets on the television? What does his daughter have to say? Is that even valid? There's so much back and forth about what he created. And what he actually created was a legacy, a, a thought, a a thought in the collective consciousness of the world. And that's no easy task. He died at 13, um, at 39 years old, was still doing his thing. Wrote a letter from a Birmingham jail at, in 1963, long time ago, and we're still talking about it now. So yes, this is definitely a powerful legacy that has been left. But one, I think, that has gotten watered down isn't the word, although it's true. 
malformed isn't the word, although that's true. It's gotten internalized by different people in different ways. And this is one of the dangers of creativity. And I want to jump into this a bit because it's what's actually kept me from doing a lot of things that I think I need to do. Whenever your creativity goes out into the world, you can't control it. It's not something you can, you can assume people will understand and take at face value or take at um, its intended meaning. Everybody's going to have an opinion. And if your brand can stand up to the opinions, then you know you have something truly strong. A lot of people are going to look at what you do and just say, oh, you're that. Oh, you're this. And they immediately put you into a box. This is how the human mind works. The human mind sees, comprehends, hears, senses, and it will try to categorize. Categorize by putting in a series of mostly binary boxes. Is it living or is it dead? Living, okay. Is it mammal, is it a fish? Or mammal or not? Okay, that's a category. Okay, does it breathe air or does it breathe oxygen through the water? And you start to categorize. Everybody does this differently. But the point is, once your message starts to go out, it has to be strong and bold enough to defend itself against attacks. And even if it does defend itself against attacks, it's going to still be seen as something else by other people. And what do I mean seen by other people in a different way? Well, I was thinking about things you can't control. And a lot of times I put a piece of art out there or I'll put a message out there or I'll put a a concept out there and I'll see it get taken in different ways. And this used to frustrate me a lot. I hear about people who are frustrated on behalf of Alan Moore when, when they read the reviews of Watchmen. They're like, wait a minute, that's not what he meant at all. You'll get people who look at Andy Warhol's art and say, oh, it's X, Y, and Z. And like, no, no, that's not what it was about at all. I remember I had a painting of Mario and, and money. Uh, Mario was on the, on the bottom of the painting and the money was flying, floating over above his head in a cloud, like he was thinking about it. And everybody started calling that money on my mind for some reason. I suppose it made sense, but that's not what I had in mind. And when I, when I started hearing these people's opinions on my painting, my original intent, and if you look closer at it, checked out the title of it, it was actually called, um, dreams of the means to purchase life. And a lot of the background and more subtle details in the painting hinted at this idea that we're trying to buy our lives. We're trying to buy our way into having a life that was already given to us for free. And that was the idea behind the painting. But everybody just called it my, money on my mind and thought, oh yeah, we're thinking about money. Woo Mario, let's go. And that was kind of the extent of it. It actually sold. I don't know what people think of it now. Um, I'll have to go check with the buyers, but that's what happened to the, the painting and its idea. But if you remember from Mario, it's always been the fact that coins give him life. He collects coins and collects a hundred of them 
back in the older games, collected a hundred of them and would gain an extra life. In the newer games, he collects coins and it literally fills up his life meter. And you got to remember, this was a poor Italian plumber that this was based off of, possibly on drugs, possibly living in the slums and <laughs> existing in pipes and whatnot, um, fighting against creatures with lots more money than he does, he has. So it had this whole vibe to it, right? But I was saying that, yes, Mario has equated money with life and in the game sense, at least. And there's a thought behind that. Nobody cared. Money on my mind was the end of it. And people like the idea of getting after that money. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Or maybe they thought it was because of what I represented. I represented somebody who was trying to get after that money or whatever. And they thought, yeah, get after that money. I was like, all right, uh, that's what you think this is about. Cool. But I say all that to say the image you control is not one that you really control. You put it out there and it has to do its own thing. It has to stand on its own. And the stronger and bolder your message is, the more difficult it will be to tarnish it. The stronger and bolder and more active your major message the better off it will be. And hopefully you have something that lasts decades, since reverberations throughout the world, has people actively discussing it to this day. We're talking, we're talking over 60 years and we're still talking about this. That says a lot. So yes, creative action. Public speaking is a creative act. You listen to Dr. King, everything he was doing was in the spirit of change. We talk about what Dr. King was really about. He was creating one of the most difficult things that there is to create, and that is large-scale social change for the good. If you've ever tried to create social change within your family, you know how difficult that can be. If you've tried to create social change within your classroom, you know how difficult that can be. Your department at work, you know how difficult that can be. Your soccer club, the group you go to basketball with, your Sunday church group, you know how difficult it can be to create change, especially lasting change. Most people think they're making changes. Most people think they're making waves and reverberations when they're really just being loud. And if they went away, everything would go back to normal within days, if it already hasn't. That's how most people's change works. Most people's change does not leave a bold, creative mark where people look back and say, yes, this happened. This changed my life. I live by this code. Or even better yet, a lot of people say they behave one way and they don't even know why. It's because their path was created and they were led down that path by a certain strong, bold, creative individual creating action. Now, a lot of people don't think of art and creativity as something that moves people in the literal sense. Well, there, as, I've, as I've stated, there are a lot of different ways to be creative. 
moving somebody with a message is not just bringing the message. It's causing pressure externally and internally. Can you bring something in a strong enough way where you start to pressure people's insides to make a move? Where you start to pull them forward with a message and they get inspired, not motivated, they get inspired by your message. Where they're so in tune with the social construct that you've developed that they have no choice but to be moved by it, whether positively or negatively. This is an action. This is when you cause, this is when you cause people to violently react by the thought of your name. And don't get it twisted. Nobody, a lot of people didn't like Dr. King at the time. I mean, he was assassinated. That should tell you something. The way they make it sound now is that everybody just kind of like, yeah, Dr. King is right. We should listen to him. Not at all. His fight was one of trials, tribulations. It was one of scrutiny. Obviously, he had to face, you know, the, th the risk of jail. His friends and families were at risk. And in fact, a lot of people don't realize that family members were killed along with him. They were murdered. That doesn't happen with just anybody. Now, some people will be removed just because they're annoying, which is one thing. But when you get to the level when you, you are removed because you're dangerous at a very large scale, then you know you're getting somewhere. When you start flirting with the ideas of mass public change for the better, whatever you think better is, then you're in dangerous territory. I can't help but think back to all the discussions I've had over the years of when people bring up the, oh God, when people bring up the, the phrase, you know, not about skin color, I know they're referring to this. I know they're referring to Dr. King and they're honestly bastardizing a lot of what he went through, what he said and what he stood for just by boiling it down to, hey guys, it's not about skin color. A lot of times, those arguments of trying to erase any injustice or racism, a lot of times those, those ideas are just to make people calm down. It's a form of erasure. It's a, a way of saying, listen, we don't want any trouble. Let's all sit down and be calm. And nonviolence isn't the same as being non-responsive, which is what a lot of those individuals want. A lot of people just want non-responsiveness. They don't want you to respond to anything. They just kind of want things to go around and be happy-go-lucky. Looking for, you know, corporations, you can see, they just don't want people upset because when people get upset, they start wanting real change. And corporations just kind of want to drag and drain every little bit of life out of you without the real change. Remember, the system is designed to defend the system. If everything's going well, then screw you and your little uprising and your thoughts and you trying to pressure the company into doing something. The system 
will try to quell that. So yes, a lot of times when people bring up quotes by Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King, they are looking to quell your creative spirit. They're looking to quell that creative change. Like, what can we change? What can we do better? Hey, guys, don't be mad. Remember, it's not about skin color. Come on, let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya. As much as I am for coming together and celebrating differences and trying to be amenable to everybody's points of view, I am not about sitting around and not having things change. And this is one of the, this is one of the places that I end up with a lot of friction, with a lot of people who assume that I'm looking for, quote unquote, peace. The type of peace that we're looking for, or that people are often really looking for, requires this bold creative action. And I don't care if you think he was a communist or, you know, think anything ill of him. I don't, I don't truly care in this discussion. That's another discussion we can have later on, on whatever aspect of his life. What I'm getting at is do not try to quell or do not try to, do not allow your creativity to be held back by ideas of non-confrontation. Non-violence, okay. That is a statement. That is not the same as non-confrontation. You've got to bring your confrontational creativity into the mix. You've got to be able to put pressure on systems. You've got to be able to make change. If the system is in fact designed to defend the system, it will resist the change you want to bring about. I'm not making a left or right argument. I'm not making a progressive conservative argument. I'm not making a, you know, individual versus the people argument, corporate versus government argument. I'm not making any of those ands or ors. I'm making the argument for bold creativity against inaction. I thrive on action. Things must move. Hopefully things change for the positive, change for the better. This is something I've struggled with much of my life, trying to bring about change and being summarily removed from the system because of it. After all this time, I've stopped trying to work within the system and I'm now just working on making change. At some point, I figure I will start pressuring other systems and it will cause problems. In fact, in a very little way, you notice I don't curse as much anymore. That's because Meta doesn't like that. And that's a shame. I've been flagged by Meta before. I've had some of my list removed. I've been banned at certain points, I should say suspended from certain activities, not completely banned, but things like this can happen very easily. Same thing with Microsoft. Same things happen with Google. And if you listen to me, I don't really go terribly dangerous places. I leave that for the, the listener's imagination. So listen. 
before someone trots out the I have a dream speech and starts talking about kumbaya, let's all shake hands and stop fighting, the idea that we should stop fighting can only be if we're going to stop attacking each other and start trying to make a change. I do not attack people. I like to attack problems. And yet people will attach themselves to problems. So whenever you attack the problem, they feel that they are being created. Thus brings in the pressures and the problems of trying to make any change. People attach themselves to ideas and concepts. And when your idea and concept goes up against that, they feel threatened. They feel they must defend it. They feel they must attack you, even if you're not attacking them. They feel they must attack you because you are attacking a problem that they have attached themselves to. This starts to get into social navigation waters that really annoy me, that I do not like to partake in, and have caused many issues in, in my life. Where suddenly someone thinks they're being attacked and we can't effectively attack the problem without the person jumping in the middle of it and deciding that they're being attacked. I don't know exactly what that means. I will talk to a psychologist at some point to figure all that out and break it all down, but it is a problem and it holds back creativity. As I said about boiling it down to the I have a dream speech and everybody sit down on the ground and sing kumbaya and money's going to rain out of the sky. You got to look up things like Dr. King on reparations. Why he was killed. The economic change he was trying to bring about. His knowledge of the media in the bus boycotts his concepts on rioting and voices being unheard, his ideas on, on pressuring government bodies and putting pressure on social institutions and people that uphold them, the justice system, nationalism even. Dr. King struck me as one of those people that was a universalist much more on the human side of things. I was about to say humanist, but that has certain connotations. He fought for the person, not necessarily the nation. And that really throws a lot of people off too. So you, you can get into a lot of discussions and it will go in a lot of different ways whenever you start bringing up actual, bold, creative action. Like, yes, everybody will nod their heads and say, that's a problem, we should fix that. Okay, now how do we act? Once you start to act, once you start to voice your opinion, once you start to put pressure on people as Dr. King did, then you will start to see what it really means to be creative. I've lost jobs over this. Yes, plural. Where I've been in a situation and someone just wants the happy-go-lucky, just turn in your work X, Y, and Z, Go about your business. We are the corporation. We are the system. We are the institution. We are the people. We are the contract. We know what's going on. Bow down and be happy that we even allowed you in here. And if you just follow along with that, yeah, you might get somewhere. You might get some compensation. But will you really have made the change necessary? Or will you have been continuing on with a lot of the BS that's plaguing our society? I struggle with this. I figure a lot of creatives do. I know for certain in the music industry, 
the music industry, especially uh, thinking about black music the way it is now, has definitely been a, they've definitely been affected by this push to just follow along what the system wants and look to where that is now. If you remember when a lot of black music started up, it was expressive. Hey, we need to get out of this situation we're in. Hey, you know, let's love each other. Hey, let's, you know, be happy about X, Y, and Z. Let's, let's celebrate our lives. Let's fight back against evil causes. And even years ago, I played a song for somebody and I was talking about the production of the music, the production of the audio, the production of the beats. And they looked at me, they were non-black. They looked at me like I was crazy and was thinking, hey man, this, all, this, all this music is, is, you know, talking about B's and H's and yeah, yeah, that whole thing. Once you start hearing that, once again, you're like, have you really thought this through? And what was interesting is that this person listened to this type of music. They thought I was promoting this type of music. When I clearly was there to show them something about the beats and the production value of a song, they went on talking about B's and H's. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? This person had the nerve to confront me over that. And they listened to more of the music than I did. They only knew of hip hop and rap from that point of view. You know, back in the day when they used to have the albums, you'd have the first three songs and those are like your singles or whatever. And the more popular ones to get people to listen to the album. But then further on down, maybe towards the 10th or 11th track, maybe, maybe throw in the ninth track in there just to put a little jazz on it. But you start to hear real messages in the songs and you're like, oh, okay wow, this is what they had to do to get their album made. They had to make that single, those first couple of hit songs that people wanted to hear that the record labels were pushing for. And then they had to tell their message later. Okay, this is interesting. And that's just one example of the creative pushback that you would get. You have to deal in this system. You have to deal in these, you have to deal in these big operating machines, or at least a like to tell you that you have to deal with them. But they exist and they exert forces on you and your creativity. Now, what do you do with that? You have to find a way to make it work. And this is where creativity comes in. Not rolling over and just listening to whatever they have to say about what you should be doing, but actually taking your creative expression to its fullest actually taking out your creative expression and making things the way that you feel it should be made. Sticking by your guns. If anyone is curious as to how long I've been thinking about this, let me let you know that there were many discussions about my character, the character that was created in Table Tennis by Rockstar Games, an Egyptian man with the name Solomon. Spelled S-O-L-A-Y-M-O-N. That brings up that brings up questions alone. Why would you name this person that? And yes, it was there to spark a discussion. It was part of my expression. 
I'll take that one little contribution, at least naming that character and helping with that character's backstory. But even with just the name, pressure. Obviously, shout out to Rockstar Game. They do, they do a lot of creative work that really gets their artistic expression out there. And it's not something a lot of people can do. But back to Dr. King. The idea that over time has started to take shape is that nonviolence means just sit over there and be quiet. Just sit over there and make all the noise you want if you have to, but don't try to make an actual change. I'm not an advocate of just being loud. I'm an advocate of being effective to cause an effect in the world, to make an actual tangible and appreciable change. Something that moves the needle in some way. Like what would cause a reverberating message to be so feared? Go back and look at his life. Not so much the, the pop media portrayals, but actually listen to the accounts. Look at the, at what was said back then about what he was doing. Look at who he was going up against. We're talking about at the presidential level, at the statewide level. You go into, you drive into a state, you usually don't think anything of it. What if you drive into a state and that whole state is looking to cause you problems? What is that like? People get upset because six people in a, in a YouTube comment thread don't like you. Imagine the whole state basically being against you. So when I think back in the legacy of Dr. King, I look at him as a creative. An orator, yes. Civil rights activist, yes. Progressive change agent, yes. But I always try to consider what it would mean to do what seems like what everybody else is doing and still have the ability to cause an actual change. That, that transition from just talking or just writing or just doing your job to actually making change. Where does it, where does it cross over into that level where friction is not just fought against, but expected? It's part of the job. Am I pushing my creativity strong enough to the point where someone deems it dangerous, where it forces a change in the environment, where my mere presence carries such a strong weight that people start to wonder what's gonna happen today, what's going to change. Oh boy, here it comes. I don't know how many of you have really looked into the lives of some of these characters that you look up to some of these figures and start to really see what it took for them to change the landscape in the way they did. I'm thinking about civil rights activists right now, but that could be in any endeavor. Did they just sell a lot of records or did they actually cause a change in your life? Did they just build a nice app? Or did they make you think about design and construction differently? Was it a really cool speech that got you hyped up? 
or did you stop and go home and think about how you run your life? Were you bold with your creative action? Whatever it is. I know a lot of you listening don't consider yourselves creatives, but I have to always mention this. You're always creating your environment. You're always creating your life. You're always creating your legacy. You're always creating. When you get up in the morning and you eat a bowl of cereal instead of a bowl of oatmeal, instead of a bowl of eggs, instead of a bowl of tofu, you're making decisions that create your life. Not everyone's going to be perfect. You can't create at 100% in every aspect of your life. You have to choose. Most people say no more than three directions, three, um, three interrelated vectors of life. So you have to decide when you're creating, what am I going to be about? What am, what am I going to do with this creative energy that I have? And we all have it, by the way. Can't slip out with that one. What am I going to do with these choices? And speaking of choices, when people hear that you're coming, let's say, hey, someone's going to come in to talk to us about safety. Someone's going to, let's say someone's going to come in the job to talk to us about safety. You kind of know what to expect. You're like, okay, they're going to tell us X, Y, and Z. They're going to tell us to watch coming around corners. They're going to say, hey, make sure you pass this information along. Here are the fire exits, yada, yada, yada. But you ever have somebody that just shows up to something mundane and then challenges you in a way you didn't expect? And all of a sudden you're like, holy crap. The safety guy came and talked to us at work and now I'm questioning my entire life. That's what a lot of people thought about preachers. They're like, well, this is just a preacher. MLK is just some preacher guy. He'll go away. We don't have to worry too much about him. He's just energizing the people. Whatever. And that's what a lot of people think about a lot of creativity and content now. There's so much information, so many videos, so many songs, so many speeches, so many courses, so many posts, so many reels, so many people dancing on TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat that it becomes difficult to actually have a creatively bold message that resonates and moves without being nonsense. And what I mean by nonsense is just hand-waving, hair on fire, oh my God, look at me and get attention, and then not deliver. If you can be understated, as Dr. King was in, in many regards, very simple, you didn't see him being all crazy and crazy haircuts and trying to, you know, do wild things to get attention. The man simply was. And so I, I actually think about this quite a bit. Like, how can I be profound, strong, bold with my creative action and not turn into a buffoon? Have morals? Yeah. Okay, I got you. Have an idea about what you're doing? Yes, I got you. Have standards, have a focus, have a point, et cetera, et cetera. And you know what ends up happening? When you think along the terms of being more authentic and having a message like Dr. King did, 
you start to get into that true artistic, creative vibe that I mentioned before, where you're just expressing something that resonates with the public. Warhol was expressing soup cans because that's what he ate. He was poor. He understood advertising and wanted to challenge it. And that resonated with a lot of people. Didn't resonate with others, but it resonated with enough people to where it mattered. That was his expression. Michael Jackson expressed himself through dance. I don't know how many lessons you want to take from the early Mike Tyson, but he made a lot of his express, took a lot of his expression through boxing and physical combat. Not saying it's good or bad. Shout out to the new Mike Tyson. Old Mike Tyson was pretty awesome in his own way, but wouldn't take social lessons from the old Mike Tyson. But it goes to show you how much you can learn from a champion like that. That went from the top, that went from the bottom to the top to the bottom again, and still had the determination in the fight to keep his creativity bold and create something new out of himself. So no matter what example you pick, if something's a powerful example, take a moment to actually look at it. And obviously, today at this time, take the time to look into what Dr. King was talking about, where that bold creative action was coming from, where that vibe was resonating with people, and where it was disturbing people. Because only in that area of resonating and simultaneously disturbing will you find true creative change. And as I hinted at in the beginning, you're not going to be able to control a lot of this, how people view you. You're just going to be able to, to be bold. You have to create it, put it out there in spite of what people are going to say. A lot of people say, don't worry about what people say. Well, guess what? It's very difficult not to actually worry about what people say when you start really creating positive change, positive for you, whatever that might mean. There are going to be different factors that take into account how you're going to be perceived. And your perception is extremely important, by the way, if you're talking about social change, especially. Your message is going to be received differently based on the time, based on the audience, based on your reputation, based on the education level of the audience. Do they even know what the heck you're talking about? Based on cultural shifts, based on social norms. A lot of people like to say, oh, you know, that's a social construct, as if that doesn't make it any less real. You go around talking about X, Y, and Z is just a social construct. Um, okay, that still doesn't say much to the fact that it's affecting my life. People will dismiss the race talk even, as I was saying with the skin color arguments, that race is just a social construct. It affects lives. Let's get back to attacking the problem, trying to make creative solutions and not worry so much about what a label is and what that means. Getting outside of that, what I call squabbling. Getting outside of the squabbling between each other and getting to changing a problem and making sure that whatever you're doing to change a problem, to make this positive change that you're looking for, make sure whatever you're doing is going to be resistant, resilient to the forces of nonsense. Whenever you have a product that people see, 
they're going to immediately try to minimize it and put it back into a box, categorize it, drink it a little bit so it doesn't cause themselves friction in their minds. Your bold creative action has to be strong enough where the more they try to cause it, to have it cause less friction within them, the more they're going to wrestle with the presentation that you have given them. That's how strong your creativity has to be. And I myself know I need to work harder in this arena. I myself know that I need to push to be more bold with my creativity. I know that I need to cause more friction. I'm just now really learning how to do that without causing self-destruction. And there's a certain amount of self-destruction and bravery and courage that has to go along with positive creativity. You have to be comfortable with that as well. But I'm just now learning how to do it in such a way where I don't damage myself to the point of ineffectiveness. I'm willing to take my lumps. I am not willing to go and have my creativity unheard or stifled. So with this podcast, and I'll end all that for now, with this podcast, what I hope to do is spark a movement of creative endeavor. I want to help people and myself create a better world that exists more, more in line with fixing problems, moving forward as a group, efficiently dealing with life's issues, and being happy about working towards this goal. I see so many fights and squabbles now online that it's it's no longer distressing to me, but it is still concerning. I don't know how it gets better. I don't know when it gets better. I just know I have enlisted myself into this fight and I plan to keep going with it. I, by nature, am not a marketer, a social sales type, but I put myself into this arena in order to see what kind of change I can push and what I can make. And I think that podcasts are a good way to do that. Because hopefully when you've listened to something like this, you actually start to think, not that I'm right or anything like that, not to think the way I want you to think. You actually start to think a little more critically, to be a little more creative in your thought process. And hopefully that creativity leads to a better world. I know there's going to be a lot of fights. I know there's going to be a lot of pushback. And I've already had a lot of that so far. So I'm ready for it and I'm used to it. But that's where I'm going with this podcast. And I think it took a little bit of MLK to make me think about that and make me, make me consider it a little more. In fact, what I want to give you now is a short quote from Dr. King. One that got me, got me thinking about, um, let me just look this up one second. I wasn't planning on mentioning it, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it now. See, this is how you know it's, it's happening live when I just decide to pull up a quote from somewhere. Shout out to Keisha Howard, Sugar Gamer on Instagram for posting this. 
This is a quote from Dr. King. We must rapidly begin the shift from a thing-oriented society to a person-oriented society. When machines and computers, profit motives and property rights are considered more important than people, the giant triplets of racism, materialism, and militarism are incapable of being conquered. That may sound a little interesting, so I'm just going to read it again. We must rapidly begin the shift from a thing-oriented society to a person-oriented society. When machines and computers, profit motives and property rights are considered more important than the people, the giant triplets of racism, materialism, and militarism are incapable of being conquered. Ladies and gentlemen, if you think of the things that are going on now, the ideas of racism, materialism, and militarism, don't look for these things with the idea of fomenting them. Look for these things in terms of recognizing them and trying to overcome them within yourselves. It's something I'm still working on, something I'm still studying, something I'm still learning how to engage in regularly. So that's going to do it for this one. Thank you all for joining. Listen, Apple Podcast, subscribe, at least throw up some stars if you don't throw up a review. It's very appreciated. Spotify, throw up some stars, throw a like, throw a follow, even if you don't drop a full review. Google Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you save it and subscribe. I'm coming here every, every weekday that I want to, maybe even a weekend if I want to. Make no promises, but I'm here. You can always check out episodes at creativitythreadslife.com. And for any of my projects and endeavors, you can always check out mrbenja.com. 